We're at least having a vigorous debate about reigning in Wall Street. The Republicans want to get the more power. It's what we need to stop. I know why. I got the feeling that something right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Not scared. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. I may fall off my chair, though. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. Lots with of clowns you. and jokers today from and Pacifica Radio's KPSK in Los Angeles. This is your broadcast, as heard on 90.7 FM in LA. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast and 106.7 FM Queso in Cozy Cottage Grove. Out in Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI. Out in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. And up in Minnesota on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And of course, coast to coast and around the globe on kpfk.org. Streaming on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, and, of course, Radio Sputnik, five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me, if not you, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us for another thrilling, action-packed adventure that we call the Bradcast, and in this case, once again, special coverage of the latest 2016 presidential debate. Well, if you weren't really uh, trying to pay attention over the weekend, you might not know that, yes, there was indeed another secret Democratic debate, uh, this time hidden on a Sunday night on NBC, hosted by NBC Nightly News anchor uh, Lester Holt and Andrea Mitchell, the wife of former Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan. I just thought I'd mention that. The debate took place in Charleston, South Carolina, which holds its primary in uh, in just a few weeks. Uh, for Democrats, South Carolina is fourth on the list after the Iowa caucuses, the uh, New Hampshire primary, and the Nevada caucuses. The debate on Sunday featured, of course, former Senator and Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, Vermont Governor Bernie Sanders, and former Maryland Governor Martin O'Malley. Vermont Senator. What did I say? Governor. Oh, man, I'm already fired. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, and you are you get a raise, Desi. Way to go. <laughs> uh, incredibly enough, that, that debate over the weekend is the final debate between the Democratic candidates before people actually start voting in Iowa just two weeks from now and then uh, New in New Hampshire one week later. So this is it. The ratings for the Sunday debate on the uh, on the eve of the federal Martin Luther King Day holiday, uh, they were higher than the two that were buried on Saturday nights uh, over the past few months, but still some 50 percent below the numbers for the one debate that was held on a weeknight uh, way back in October of last year, the one Democratic debate. I think almost all of the uh, Republican debates have been primetime during the week. With just over uh, 10 million viewers watching, according to NBC, the numbers were good, but still lower than almost all of the GOP debates to date, for whatever that is worth. Currently, 
The poll numbers for uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders in Iowa and New Hampshire are very tight, with Bernie holding a small lead over Hillary in the latest Iowa polls and a much bigger but still not insurmountable lead in New Hampshire. At the same time, Clinton has a uh, very large lead in most recent national polls, but that is getting closer, and in any event, we don't hold national elections in this country. It is the state-by-state numbers that actually matter, and once people start voting, things can change very quickly when they start uh, voting in those early states. So, with this, as the final Democratic debate before voters actually start voting for reals in 2016, I thought I'd change things up a bit here on the broadcast in our coverage. Usually, we provide analysis from a number of folks and fact-checking and so forth from a number of folks who are not really pledged to any of the uh, candidates in particular. But this time, I figured we'd bring on advocates for each of the two frontrunners, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. My apologies to Martin O'Malley supporters, if there are any out there. My fault. I couldn't find any. It was a serious debate, however, once again. And so in stark contrast to the uh, circus freak shows that have become the Republican Party debates. But given the serious nature of the debate, it seems only proper to have a couple of really smart comedians on to talk about it. That, for some reason, makes sense in my brain. We'll see if it makes sense in yours. Representing Hillary Clinton this time around, I'm delighted to welcome back to the broadcast our old friend, Actor, stand-up comedian, musician, former star of the award-winning Showtime drama Queer as Folk, and master of political talk radio on his own show, Hal Sparks' show Mega Worldwide, is heard on Saturdays in Chicago on WCPT. The one and only Hal Sparks. Hey, Hal, welcome back to the broadcast, my friend. Hi. Thanks to be here. Uh, and, and for the record, uh, this, uh, mine is an ideological and, and sort of candidacy advocacy, whereas I'm not a paid spokesman or, or any such thing or have no contact whatsoever. I, I'm my own one-man super the, pack, if you will. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, well done. You you are uh, not being paid for your advocacy of Hillary Clinton. Uh, no, nothing at all. You and, have and only... nor am I advised or pushed by that. This is all just me. And I think Jimmy's probably the same way with the Bernie campaign. I think we're both just coming from our own personal feelings about the candidates and, and the process well we'll find out we'll find yeah. out because because jimmy seems to have a lot of money behind him i don't know but uh <laughs> that's going true. that's true going but to bat really all wall street isn't it going <laughs> going to bat for bernie sanders let me give him a proper introduction another old friend uh star of the award-winning comedy central special citizen jimmy author of the best-selling book your country is just not that into you and host of the Jimmy Dore Show, as heard Fridays on our own flagship station, KPFK, out here in Los Angeles and nationally on the Pacifica Radio Network, and as seen frequently on The Young Turks, where both he and our own Desi Doyen guest host uh, together from time to time, the great Jimmy Dore. Hey, Jimmy, welcome back to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. I have to uh, move this along. I've got a meeting with some insurance lobbyists yes. later. Yeah, I'm right. trying to get... I know you do. I know. He does. As ever. Uh, Also uh, joining us is our own, you heard her voice already, uh, correcting me, our producer, the aforementioned Desi Doyen. Hey, Desi Doyen. I am here. Are you still unspoken for? I am still unspoken for. Candidate-wise, I mean. Candidate-wise. Candidate-wise. All right. Uh, All right. Well, so you're unspoken for. Before we get into the specifics of of the debate, I want to give each of you just a quick moment then to explain why 
And do it quickly, because we'll have a lot of time for this throughout. But why are you supporting your particular candidate? Let's uh, well, let's start with Jimmy here. Why, why have you uh, decided to become a a, a burn bot, uh, uh, Jimmy Dore? Well, I think it's because uh, uh, Bernie turned out to be. I think he's the guy I thought I voted for in two thousand eight, and uh, so I voted for Barack Obama, thinking he was the next FDR, the anti corporatist, going to return government to the people. And it turned out he was just uh, another Bob Dole, which isn't the, which isn't horrible, but it's not what I thought. Uh, it's not what the country needed. And um, wow, things have gotten better under Barack Obama, uh, but we need a fundamental change uh. in what's broken with our government. <laughs> and I think Bernie Sanders offers that. And the thing that's best about Bernie is he doesn't play the super PAC game. He doesn't play the big money game, and uh, that's what's ruining our politics. And uh, that's what kind of separates him from the rest of the pack. Wow, another Bob Dole. Not another Bill Clinton, but another Bob Dole? Really? I think he's uh, Bob Dole actually a little more liberal than Barack Obama. <laughs> wow, that seems rough. Okay, uh, Hal, uh, why are you in the tank for Hillary this year? Um, I, I'm, I, I think essentially you can boil it down on some of what Jimmy said, which is that I'm for Hillary because I think that notion is ridiculous. I think that Barack Obama has been a transformative and important president who's moved this country along in fundamental ways. I don't think it's his fault that as the first black president they gathered in a room to shut him down. I don't think um, it's his fault that in his three major pushes to shut down Gitmo, um, he was run interference by the Congress specifically to stop that, and yet it's held as this by some of the most important liberal voices in our party um, as a failure on his part, as opposed to a failure on our part. And I think that a, a similar, um, I think what the Republicans fear most is not a, a revolutionary voice in that way, but a, a strong, solid march into the future. One of the things the Republicans have always had on this, in many ways, is long game. Um, and, and I think uh, Hillary brings that in terms of a continuation and a moving forward of, of what Obama started. Well, if this was CNN, I would say I'm speaking with uh, Hal Sparks and Jimmy Dore, who uh, are fierce competitors and despise each other and are ready to go head to head. Right. But before I will say for the record, yeah, that in uh, my love of Jimmy Dore, that when he said earlier he was he had a meeting with insurance uh, people, uh-huh. I, I don't want anyone to think he was serious about that. His idea of a meeting, and this is even with people he liked, is uh, lighting a bag of dog poop on fire on their doorstep. So I don't want people to think he's in the tank for them, and this is just undermined. Thank you for doing yeah, that. That's what normally we mean when we say meeting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. when we say meeting, that's what the... That's, yeah. yeah, I should have clarified. Thank you, Hal. Thanks it's for... very important. Anything, anything I can do for you. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> you clearing that up. Uh, all right, so before we uh, uh, get to each other's uh, throats, as uh, Wolf Blitzer would say, uh, let's uh, start where we likely disagree. Other than uh, hiding the debates on the weekends, were, were you guys both as struck once again as I was as... I mean, every time this happens, how amazingly different the tone of these Democratic debates are uh, versus the Republican debates uh, uh, to date. E- even with uh, people that, uh, Jimmy, you might not like, like Hillary Clinton, uh, you can't deny the difference in the tone between the Republicans and the Democratic debates so far. Oh, no, not at all. It's, it's a, certainly a breath of fresh air to hear people talking about issues. And so, yeah, it's a total, I mean, they don't deny, no matter who you pick on that Democratic stage, none of them deny science. They're all tethered to reality, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think also uh, it's, it's funny that we think of it as, you know, hidden on the weekends or buried in some ways, but that's really a factor of our modern 
um, cable news cycle. That used to be how the normalcy of the process worked. Like you would never screw up people's weeknight sitcoms with a, with a debate. You'd kind of put it on the news corner. That's just how we become. And I, I have to say, um, it was refreshing to note that most of the time, the candidates were going were saying things, very important phrases like, I would like to build on what the last person said, or I agree with most of what they're saying. We have a difference in how we're about to get to it, which I think is the difference, quite frankly, between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party right now. How, there, there, there is no how on the Republican side. Uh, how, <laughs> That's correct. Uh, there's, there's not even a plan. They don't even know. No. You can't have a how until you know what it is you want to do. They don't even know what they want to do. They just know what they're against. So I think Hal and I are are agreeing on this point. Well, you might agree on on that point and the tone, and I I agree with you in that regard. But Hal, uh, even as a supporter of Hillary Clinton, you got to agree that it's kind of stupid for the DNC to have hidden these debates on the weekends. I mean, to say that, oh, that's the way it's always been done. Uh, not for a long time. I mean, you know, the, the Republicans were able to schedule 37 uh, uh, weeknight debates on various cable channels. So, I, I mean, and, and the odd thing here is you, you got to agree that it was kind of stupid for the DMC, DNC to do this because Hillary actually uh, does very well in these debates, at least so far. And she's uh, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how the one over the weekend went. But uh, she's received, uh, you know, a bump in the polls each time after these debates, while Bernie right. seems to gain ground when they're not debating. Uh, surely you don't agree with the DNC's decision to, to hide these on the weekend. Well, I, I would like more of them. And I do believe that they're uh, there. They should be on on weeknights and available readily. I think we live to some degree in a replay society, too. Um you know, and, and things have shifted in many ways. And, the, and, and in all fairness, the Republican de- debate schedule is actually a sitcom. It's not really, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's a fictional show, of, you know, it's somewhere between The Bachelor and All in the Family's outtake reel. So it, it was never intended to actually be debates. What's happening on the Democratic side is a series of actual debates between candidates who mean to run the country. Jimmy, do, um, do you, Jimmy yeah. Dore, do you believe that uh, this schedule was created by the DNC and, and uh, its chair, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, in an attempt to help Hillary? And do you think it has helped her? Um, well, I agree with that premise that I don't think it has helped her, though. I think it has hurt mm-hmm. her. I, like you said, she does better at debates. Uh, Bernie has a lot of bad techniques, speaking wise. He, use, he puts his hands the wrong way. He which yells I know a lot. sounds like a little. I'm sorry, go ahead. He yells a lot, that's all. And he yelled, and yeah, he has one tone, it's at the top of his lungs, and, you know, so his message is great. You know, that's what was always the problem I thought, I felt about Bernie. He's like, I love his message. I think the messenger is a little flawed, but at the same time, you know, Hillary is also, I think that we just need to realize she's not a good campaigner. She doesn't come off as authentic. Uh, authentic. And, you know, there was the same thing that happened with these debates. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the insider game, the lack of democracy, the lack of transparency, the lack of responsiveness to your base. That's all the things that Hillary represents to the base, I think. And that's what's wrong with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. And that's why, you know, there's like a, there's a progressive wing of the Democratic Party, and then there's this, like, center-right uh, wing of the Democratic Party. And I that's go, really the big... I would go further on that, uh, to... Uh... To add on to what my colleague is saying there, um, I would say that not only is there that progressive wing and that conservative wing, I think the entire conversation of legitimate conservative values to legitimate liberal liberal values 
happens entirely within the Democratic Party. Mm. I think the, yes. the Republican yeah. con- like concept of conservatism is insanity currently, and that yes. anybody who is even the most temperate, what you would call a Reagan Republican back in the day, now qualifies as a center-right Democrat, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you are, you are correct. Yes. Yeah, well, so I, I, and the, the existence of the other party doesn't exist. I will say this, in defense of Hillary's candidacy uh, and, and how she comes across, and in some ways of how Bernie comes across, um, it, you know, as far as messenger goes, these are people who, uh, who have a distinctly different experience in life uh, as far as candidates. And specifically Hillary being a woman who's gotten this far in politics um, will have sharper shoulders and elbows than her male equivalent, always. Hal, and this is not Bernie. This is about politicians in general. Hal, it, Hal Sparks the, already yeah. already playing the woman card uh, for his candidate, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> let me. Yeah. Be, i got to get to a break very shortly, but let me ask Damn you this. Because I want to uh, ask you this because we may or may not get to him today, in no small part because he has uh, no representatives here. Again, my fault, but Martin, Martin O'Malley seems to me to be very smart, very articulate, even likable, uh, if a bit scary sometimes in his intensity. Uh, why hasn't he been able to find a place in this uh, race or uh, or support amongst the electorate Jimmy Dore? Has has he been able to make a case my, for why he's even running? My opinion is that the, the, we're in very anti-establishment times, right? So people have seen from the left and the right, the right felt sold out by George Bush uh, because of his economic and uh, the left felt sold out by Barack Obama because he didn't put on the comfortable shoe and march with the union people, and he let them break up Occupy Wall Street. So the people want now, they, they feel like both parties are bought by the same people, which they are, which is why Bernie Sanders is resonating with people. I forgot your question. <laughs> it was, it was uh, about Martin O'Malley, Martin why O'Malley, he's not right, catching right, on. Right. And oh, yeah, probably, right. Martin, I think you know, no one has summed up Martin O'Malley's problem more than what Jimmy Dore just did. <laughs> Which is that the minute you even bring his name up, you start talking about the other candidates because that's a serious oh, But see, I don't think that's fair. I think in any other year, Martin O'Malley would actually be a very good he, candidate. Yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's a well-spoken, good-looking guy with a command of the issues and all that stuff. His problem is every time he tries to punch through and get involved in the conversation, uh-huh. he comes across as a jerk. And unfortunately, yes. he's up against like the sweetest grandmother and the first legitimate female presidential candidate, <laughs> meaning she really has a shot, not that the others were illegitimate over time. Um, and when you're striking against those two people trying to elbow your way in, it, it paints you as a bigger jerk than you even are for doing that. Yeah, I would have to I, agree with that because um, on, on, on Montner Malley, I think you're right. He is a good candidate. And in any other election time in the past, he would have been right up there. But this is not a normal election time. We no longer have the America that we all grew up with. We have a bonkers Republican Party yeah. and just a regular, you know, nice looking white dude is just not going to cut it, I don't think, and I have, in I, this world. And honestly, as a Democrat, you're going to find a, a, a Democrat that's hard pressed if you put him and John Kasich at his most liberal up against each other, that they would spend a good deal of time backpatting as, as former governors who feel fairly similarly about a few issues. Um, there would be a lot more crisscross. You'd, it, you know, if you ran, uh, literally, if this was 1982 and you were running O'Malley against Kasich, 
as Republican and Democrats, you would say there's no difference between the parties. All right, we're going to take a, we, we need to uh, take a quick break, and we will get back more into the differences between being offered uh, two voters this year between candidates. You know, usually it seems like we're given a a choice between two very narrowly differentiated candidates. Uh, even in 2008, you know, between Hillary and Obama, it was a very substantive debate, but it was really in the weeds for policy wonks when it came to finding the differences in their plans. But this year, it seems like Democrats are being given a, a radically different choice between two competing visions for the future. I think that's a good thing. So we're going to talk about those differences and get into this debate proper with some audio clips and more straight ahead with my guests, the uh, the comedians, Hal Spark and Jimmy Dore. Hal Sparks, yeah. both of them. Hal Sparks and Jimmy Dore. A quick break, and we are back with both of them and Desi Doyen and myself, Brad Friedman, right here on the Bradcast. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. Senator, I'm the only person on this stage that's actually balanced a budget every year for 15 years. I was mayor for eight years. I did that okay, as well. Okay, so that was eight years. Yes. You better think, think, think about what you're trying to do to me. Think, think, think Welcome back. Go, be free. This is your Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Our special coverage of the, uh, the latest secret hidden debate. Between Democrats in South Carolina, the last one before uh, voters will begin voting in Iowa and New Hampshire in just a couple of weeks. My guests are uh, the great Jimmy Dore of JimmyDoreComedy.com and Hal Sparks of HalSparks.com. All right, uh, gentlemen. Uh, oh, and I should say uh, Jimmy Dore is a, uh, a Bernie Sanders supporter. Hal Sparks is a Hillary Clinton supporter. Desi Doyen is with us here as well. And, of course, they are at each other's throats. <laughs> yeah, brutal. This is, from, brutal. again, from the Wolf Blitzer School of Broadcasting. They uh, despise each other, but we're having it out here in a healthy way. Let's get right into... We'll have to leave it there. We'll have to leave it right there, Jimmy <laughs> Uh Hang on. Let's get to uh, health care here, uh, because this was a really big uh, and, and interesting debate as uh, Hillary Clinton is basically going after Bernie Sanders, who is calling for single-payer to as an improvement on the Affordable Care Act. Hillary Clinton says he wants to dismantle the Affordable Care Act. Here was a bit of the back and forth, and we'll talk about whether these, uh, well, whether these attacks are fair or not. We've accomplished so much already. I do not want to see the Republicans repeal it, and I don't want to see us start over again with a contentious debate. I want us to defend and build on the Affordable Care Act and improve it. Secretary Clinton didn't answer your question. Because what her campaign was saying, Bernie Sanders, who has fought for universal health care for my entire life, he wants to end Medicare, end Medicaid, end the children's health insurance program. That is nonsense. What a Medicare for all program does is finally provide in this country health care for every man, woman, and child as a right. I'm on the committee that wrote the Affordable Care Act. 
I made the Affordable Care Act, along with Jim Clyburn, a better piece of legislation. But right now, what we have to deal with is the fact that 29 million people still have no health insurance. We are paying the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs, getting ripped off. And here's the important point. We are spending far more per person on health care than the people of any other country. My proposal, provide health care to all people, get private insurance out of health insurance, lower the cost of health care for middle class families by 5,000 bucks. That's well, the vision well, we need to take. Senator, well, if I can. I, I have to say I'm not sure whether we're talking about the plan you just introduced tonight or we're talking about the plan you introduced nine times in the Congress, but the fact is we have the Affordable Care Act. That is one of the greatest accomplishments of President Obama, of the Democratic Party, and of our country. There are things we can do to improve it, but to tear it up and start over again, pushing our country back into that kind of a contentious debate, I think is the wrong direction. Is, I have, no one is tearing this up. We're going to go forward. But what the Secretary neglected to mention, not just the 29 million still have no health insurance, that even more are underinsured with huge co-payments and deductibles. The vision from FDR and Harry Truman was health care for all people as a right in a cost-effective way. We're not going to tear up the Affordable Care Act. I helped write it. But we are going to move on top of that to a Medicare for All system. That was uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders mixing it up last night at the uh, at the Democratic debate in South Carolina. Yeah. Now, uh, listen, politics ain't beanbag, as they say. It's tough out there. But Hal Sparks, come on. Is it fair of Hillary Clinton to charge that Bernie Sanders wants to destroy Don't leave the question or anything? Once I'll get to I'll get to I'll get to Jimmy in a second. But Hal, is it fair to say that Bernie wants to tear up the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, that he wants to dismantle programs like Medicare and Medicaid? Really, Jimmy? I mean, Hal, really? Uh, whichever one of us. The, um, yes, uh, absolutely it is. You have to, for the system he's advocating, it is a, it is a zero-sum start from scratch. It is not a build-on. Um, it may, and it eliminates those other programs. It also eliminates a lot of the infrastructure created through. That's what, that's what the muck-up and kind of patchwork the Affordable Care Act had to deal with when it was going through. As somebody who actually worked on that bill, he's aware of what they were able to get in and what they weren't, and how tightly that actually happened. The idea that we are going to, that he is, that he is in any way, over the course of his presidency, going to be able to advocate for and press through a direct replacement, and that's what this is, this is a complete replacement mm -hmm. of, of the uh, current system, Mm -hmm. um, with with you know, and in a one stop as opposed to moving towards it over time, which is the Affordable Care Act, which is why the Republican hate the Republicans hate it because it is a staged direction towards that. There are all sorts of what they would call poison pills over time that got left in uh, because of smart moves by uh, Clyburn and by uh, Bernie Sanders and others um, and the president himself that guaranteed that we would move towards a single payer system. That was not federal, but a joint group of state-based ones, meaning that if Washington State built one that worked really well, um, you could buy into that one from Virginia. Um, those pieces were built and, and harder to dismantle than a single system would be going through the, 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 the legislative process. That was the work of doing that. So, of course, you have to 
demolish the current system to create it. You are wiping it out and creating a whole well, new you're, system. You're, so you're, yes, you're, you're, Hal, you're, you're replacing it with something else. It's not like you're throwing it away and putting ever, sending everybody else out you know, uh, 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 to go to hell and good luck finding their way back. No, There's no, no, a replacement. But, 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 you're, but the Affordable Care Act and, and the system that is in, it is absolutely zeroing. All right, let me ask, let me, uh, it Jimmy. It doesn't exist at G- the same time. Jimmy Dore, do would you like to respond to Hal Sparks on this issue? Well, um, I think Hillary said it. You hear one thing in speeches, and then you see a campaign that has the worst kind of tactics, reminiscent of the same sort of Republican attacks on Democrats. Well, I am here to say that it is not only wrong, but it is undermining core Democratic principles. Since when do Democrats attack one another on universal health care? So well, that's uh, Hillary Clinton saying that. Can, okay, can I say that it was, uh, it was not uh, part of the ground rules that you were allowed to bring yeah, your right, own clips? But, <laughs> but go ahead, Jimmy <laughs> Dore. Uh, do, go ahead. Wait, hang on. Let, let him on universal health care. This is, again, wait, the how, not the what. Hey, we're on to say something. <laughs> for you. Go ahead. The, the reality is, is that, um, oh, and, and what she's saying is, is the how is the important part. How do you actually get there? Not, not how do you rally people and get them high in the heart to go and do something, but how do you actually functionally make it happen? The Affordable Care Act, as it, as flawed as it is, was a direct step in that direction, and that was the whole point. That over the process of many legislations, we develop things. The, the Social Security itself wasn't as protected and, and, and well-organized a system when it started out. And it's been borrowed from because of its strength over time. But it didn't start out that way effectively. Uh, Jimmy, so J- let me, uh, Hal, uh, hang on. I'm only cutting you off, Hal, because we got a lot to get to. So, Jimmy, uh, and, and uh, no cheating again, Jimmy, but your response okay. very quickly. So I'm not, my, my response is, I mean, this is, a, I think the argument Hal and I are having is a better argument than they had. Uh, I just feel, yeah. that, that, you know, in theory, I'm, I'm for Hillary Clinton. The problem is that when she has a disagreement with Bernie, and like when she had a disagreement with Barack in 07, she attacks them in, a, in the way a right-winger attacks a Democrat. And that makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that. Like, she's distorting his position on health care. She's distorting his position on the banks. And that's the, the big problem, I think, right now is that, you know, our politicians are bought. And I think Hillary Clinton is much more bought than, say, Bernie Sanders, and I would just keep going, that's my core problem. In theory, like I said, I'm for Hillary Clinton. In, in, in practice, I'm for Bernie Sanders, because he's got a history, 30 years. You know, I mean, Hillary Clinton is not the devil. She's not bad. She's better than any Republican. I just think that we need to make a big leap. I think it's time to make a big break from the past. And a, a new, I think people are ready for FDR. I think they were ready for him in 2007, and I think they're ready for him again, And except this time the guy's got a track record. But, Jimmy, let me ask you this, because, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with your general take there that she's sort of using, uh, you know, it's a fair debate, but to say he wants to tear up, you know, the, the Obamacare to scare people like that rather right. than saying, I'd like to build on this. But that said... You know, Hillary Clinton is making the case that middle class taxes will have to be raised to pay for single payer. That is true. Bernie agrees, but notes that that's only after uh, the same middle class is no longer paying for private health insurance. But is it smart politics that all of this that can be explained to a nation in the middle of a presidential debate like this and after, as Hal points out, this long fight we've had over Obamacare just to get that far? I mean, I is this Hal's the right correct. time? I think, 
you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it my fight right now. I think you have, that's right. I think Lex, again, politically, his message is correct. He's not the right messenger. He doesn't know the right timing. I don't think this is the right time. We just got over Obamacare, right? People were mm-hmm. just ingesting that. I think the, uh, you know, the only thing that wouldn't scare people is if Bernie said Medicare for all, because people know what Medicare is. And when you say single payer and a whole new health care, I do, I do think people glaze over. I think, and I think that's ultimately, by the way, just so you know, that's as, as somebody who, that's how I ended up on the Stephanie Miller uh, program doing Hump Days with Hal in the first place, was because I was the only person who had read the Affordable Care Act. And I read it because everybody was saying nobody has read this. And that's <laughs> angry, mm-hmm. and I and in reading it, it was abundantly clear that that was the strategy over time was universal health care was a form of single payer, but these were the acorns for it, and this was the only thing that would get through in a in a in a Republican field that was would fight tooth and nail, and the pharmaceutical industry and the hospitals, everybody would fight the idea of universal health care as a front. Um, whereas you could get a situation where you could grow through it over time. Now, I don't want to give away the game to the right, but that's exactly <laughs> what was going on. Well, and also, and again, I think I think Hal and I are in agreement mostly on this too. I think we both yeah. are for single pair. It's just how you yep. get there. Yeah, yep. and so, I would put this, I, you guys, I would put this into an historical context as well. Remember that with Social Security, the original passage of Social Security did not include most Americans. It did not include right. minorities. It had to be built in over time because it was such a heavy lift to start with. Yeah, and, and, and I agree. And it leaves an opening um, uh, in the Bernie campaign uh, for Hillary to attack by simply saying, um, we need to get our uh, pharmaceutical drugs, uh, we should be able to buy them at cost and uh, at wholesale prices across the border, period. But, and, and that is something she's advocated for. It's also something that Bernie has advocated for, but it is the next logical step in lowering the cost that he was mentioning in the debate. And it's, it's actually part of her platform and simply met, like, that's a manageable step forward that can actually pass. But it can also be used we against Bernie. House. But well, it, it could also be used against Bernie should he become the nominee when it comes right. time if he's the general election let, let, candidate. Let me counter my own argument here before we get to a quick break. Uh, that, uh, well, that's a debate. Yes, I know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I said, you know, is this the right time to bring this up during a presidential debate right after we passed Obamacare? But, you know, when, when Obamacare, when uh, the Affordable Care Act was, was itself being debated, one of the things I always said was, well, if Democrats had stuck with it, had called for single payer or Medicare for all, whatever you'd like to call it, then maybe they would compromise at the public option, uh, you know, a, you a public option on yeah. the ex- exchange. But so if we don't nope. have people like Bernie nope. Sanders continuing you know, to you, push, the, nope. to, well, hang that on, was already pushed. hang on. Yeah. Well, no, no, it wasn't. The Democrats gave yes, that it up. It was in committee. You literally had, I'm telling you, we had, there were 12, the blue dogs, that's why they were a problem at the time. You had 12 blue dogs from very healthcare related states who were saying, I will shut this down. I'll put anonymous holds on it, which is still a Senate rule that mm-hmm. I think is undemocratic and mm-hmm. can fit. Right. They were threatening to put an anonymous hold that the public option was ever even part of the outward conversation past committee. I mean, not even debate on no, the I, But that's a, you're missing my point, Hal. I'm saying that uh, not the fight for a public option, but fight for single payer, and then you compromise on public option. And to they, that they end, they had already done that. That my, was the float. To my, but to well, I, I yeah. don't think they. I don't think they went to the mat for it. Had pre, had President Obama been calling for single payer, then he could have been the great guy settling for 
the public option in the middle. And that never happened. And Bernie Sanders. And so I just want to underscore that while it may not be the time to actually do it, I think it's important to have those voices in presidential debates that are continuing to push the Democratic Party. But that's a but that's it's a main it's a maintained myth about the Affordable Care Act debate and all the process leading up to it. And I and, and in having read it, like I said, and having talked to people who were actually there, the the problem that we had was if you start the debate, I'm out and I will stop this. And they meant it. And so do you go for that and have the joy of, of screaming your lungs out about what's right, or do you actually help 30 million people? That's what the decision uh, I, well, I was say, I say call them out and then have that debate publicly. But it, it, uh, Jimmy Some Dorr, of them did, and it, ne- it never went anywhere. Jimmy, I want to get your, Jimmy, let me get your thoughts on this before we get to a break. Yeah, so I think, so, I mean, I, again, I hear what Hal is saying. Yes, Ben Nelson did threaten to do mm-hmm. that, and... Those are real things, what Hal is saying. At the, at the other end, what Brad is saying, I'm more inclined to agree with that position. As I remember Keith Olbermann complaining about Barack Obama's negotiating tactics of why must you start every negotiation from the center of the other guy's position. Yep. And so that's not negotiating. So Barack Obama's negotiation was, was a compromise. Instead of your starting off point should be your position, your farthest left position, and then you compromise. And I think that's what we saw over and over again, Barack Obama starting from a compromised position and then moving further right instead of starting at a left position and then compromising towards the middle. I think that's what I, where we fear Hillary will do more of. And so we just want a real liberal. I mean, Barack Obama, again, he's a good president. He's not a he's not a super liberal, and that's what we really want to see. What would it be I, like? Again, if I we disagree. Had a... I, I respectfully disagree. I think a real liberal moves the liberal policies forward, as opposed to just mouthpieces them. Otherwise, you end up just being Alex Jones about change, and that's not functional in government. And I would rather see these things done than spoken eloquently about and then fade into history because they've been shut down by people on our own side. And for the record, Keith Olbermann, I love him no longer has a show, partly because of his negotiation with MSNBC. <laughs> so uh, talk about negotiating tactics. The other thing is, is that you're not, none of us are germane to the conversations that happened before the process started with these blue dogs. The negotiation process did start farther to the left, but the verbal one out in the public, which we all had hoped for, was shut down by the people who were saying, if you even present this as a, what you're going after, I will put an anonymous hold on this and it goes away. And it was a serious contention. And it meant the difference between what we have now and nothing at all. All right, I gotta, I gotta get to a break. I'm just, uh, I'm just still delighted that Jimmy Dore and I agree on anything after his first time <laughs> ever happened on this show that he didn't come here to beat me up That's, about something. I, I build bridges. <laughs> is what I do. You, well done. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be back with, uh, with Jimmy Dore and Hal Sparks and Desi Doya. And when we come back, money in politics, reforming our campaign finance system, taking on Wall Street and questions about the electability of Bernie Sanders and about the disingenuousness of Hillary Clinton. All of that and more straight ahead on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Poor Martin O'Malley. Welcome back. 
Welcome back to the broadcast, our special coverage of the Democratic debate, the last one before people actually start voting in 2016 with my guests, Hal Sparks and uh, Jimmy Dore, comedians both. I know Jimmy is going to have to leave uh, momentarily, unfortunately, but Hal will stay with us to be wrong for the rest of the hour. Let me... Um, <laughs> Go to the uh, th this is what we're talking about uh, Hillary Clinton and the attack. Uh, well, the, the way she is going after Bernie Sanders on uh, on health care issues. Let's talk to about money in politics. Here was, uh, well, this fight between Hillary and Bernie about whether or not he is attacking President Obama when he criticizes her for taking money from Wall Street. What do you see as the difference between what you would do about the banks and what Secretary Clinton would well, do? First difference is I don't take money from big banks. I don't get personal speaking fees from Goldman Sachs. What I would do, what I would do is understand that when you have three out of the four largest banks today bigger than they were when we bailed them out because they were too big to fail, you got to bring back a 21st century Glass-Steagall legislation, and you got to break up these huge financial institutions. They have too much economic power, and they have too much financial power over our entire economy. Secretary Clinton, help the voter understand the daylight between the two of you here. Well, there's no daylight on the basic uh, premise that there should be no bank too big to fail and no individual too powerful to jail. We agree on that. But where we disagree is the comments that Senator Sanders has made that don't just affect me, I can take that, but he's criticized President Obama for taking donations from Wall Street. President Obama's work to push through the Dodd-Frank bill was one of the most important regulatory schemes we've had since the 1930s. So I'm going to defend Dodd-Frank, and I'm going to defend President Obama for taking on Wall Street. Senator Sanders, your response. Is that the record right? In 2006, when I ran for the Senate, Senator Barack Obama was kind enough to campaign for me. He and I are friends. We've worked together on many issues. We have some differences of opinion. But here is the issue. Can you really reform Wall Street when they are spending millions and millions of dollars on campaign contributions and when they are providing speaker fees to individuals? So it's easy to say, well, I'm going to do this and do that. But I have doubts when people receive huge amounts of money from Wall Street. I am very proud. I do not have a super PAC. I do not want Wall Street's money. I'll rely on the middle class and working families. Okay, now I want to uh, press Hal Sparks uh, uh, to defend that a little bit. But since Jimmy Dore has to go, let me start with you, Jimmy. Uh, give you a, a minute or two here before you got to run. The, the Democrats are very sensitive, at least the Democratic Party, you know, to attacks on the president. And Sanders has, in fact, criticized him over the years i think he has fairly you know you know hasn't been personal attacks and so forth but you know places in which they disagree with policy but does that now cost him in a democratic presidential primary and and should it cost him should uh, bernie sanders be running as a democrat yeah i don't think it's going to cost him i think what he's referring to i i think we all know that ronald reagan scared the crap out of the democrats so much so 
that Bill Clinton did this policy of triangulation, which he became neoliberal, which means he became more like a Republican, which means he deregulated Wall Street, which means within 10 years we, we, it went bankrupt and it crashed. So Bernie Sanders is against that. Barack Obama did not re-regulate Wall Street. I'll, you know, he appointed Lawrence Summers, Rob Rubin. He had the same people who drove us into the ditch trying to drive us out of the ditch. And it took guys like Stiglitz, and it takes guys like Bernie Sanders. And finally, we got Elizabeth Warren, so Barack Obama did some good work there. So, I mean, it's a mixed bag with Barack Obama, and that's the real deal. I don't think Hillary Clinton is, is the answer to our Wall Street problems. And by the way, there's going to be another crash. It's coming. Right, so they didn't fix the problem. It's going to happen again, and I think Bernie Sanders will fix it. And uh, you know, again, the, the 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 lack of investment in America and the investment in Wall Street over the last eight years was just unconscionable. Right, the quantitative easing that took place, and there was no easing for the American people, and that's why people are rallying around Barack yeah, but Bernie he, Sanders right now. But Jimmy Dore, he uh, he not only was critical of of President Obama, but was interested in finding someone to. Pre- primary him in 2012. Is that the right person now to lead a Democratic Party? Or I put it another way, is it the right time to change the Democratic Party so drastically, uh, you know, that it, you know, goes up against, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton, President Obama? Is this the time? Brad, part of a primary is is to focus your message of your party, right? And I think when he started running, I don't think he thought he had a chance to beat Hillary Clinton. I think he wanted to drag her to the left, right? Just like he wanted to drag Barack Obama to the left on some key issues. And so now it just turns out that people are ready for, for Bernie Sanders' message again, and now he's got a real shot. So I think that's not... So no, I don't think that's a bad thing that he wanted to primary Barack Obama because what I don't think he wanted him to lose to Mitt Romney. I think what he wanted was a more focused Democratic vision coming out of the primaries, which is what he wanted this time. But now it just turns out people like his message. Okay, Jimmy Dore, I know i got to let you go. Uh, Jimmy Dore, check out his work as ever uh, on KPFK, on Pacifica Radio, on the Young Turks, and of course at jimmydorecomedy.com. Dot com and door is spelled D-O-R-E. I'm going to let uh, Hal Sparks uh, beat you up behind your back, but I yes. want to let you... Uh, uh, Hal, it's, uh, it was always there. a pleasure to talk with Hal, big fan, and uh, yeah. uh, thanks for having me on, Jimmy. Brad and Desi. Talk to you guys soon. Bye, thank- Jimmy. Yeah. Thank you thanks, for being Jimmy. had, so Jimmy. Great uh, great to have you here. All right, Hal, now that Jimmy Dore, that dead weight, is finally gone, I can let you, uh, Hal Sparks, uh, speak behind his back, say whatever you want about him now that he's gone. How, how, do, you, how do you respond to his comments, Hal Sparks? Well, I would like to build on what my esteemed colleague <laughs> mentioned before. Uh-huh. There was a lot of agreement. See, now he's gone, and you're problems. even making fun of his candidate. All he had to do no, was no, walk out the door. I understand. Uh-huh. I'm a Democrat, uh-huh. and I and and even though Bernie is an independent, he's one of my candidates too. Okay, it's just like I said, we're talking about how. And in this particular case, most people thought that all Bernie would do is push Hillary to the left. When, ironically enough, on a couple of issues, like gun rights, like Black Lives Matter, Hillary ended up bumping him to the left um, on, on these issues. And I think in a good way. That's why our Democratic debates have actually helped refine that issue the way we have it. And, and people may think that's, you know, they can think what they will of that. That's another conversation for another time. But I genuinely believe that to be the case. Now, when it comes to Wall Street, mm-hmm. it's much like health care. Health care, we do need universal health care. And we also need a, a new economic vision of how people live. There's no question about that. The question is, how do you get there? And do you go there by 
wiping it away and starting from scratch, which I think is uh, a, a dysfunctional, egomaniacal fantasy that most people have, and I think the Tea Partiers have shown that because they believe that about the government in general. Um, I think uh, I think the path to universal health care is through the Affordable Care Act. I also think that the path to a more functional form of our, our economy is through Wall Street reform, not getting rid of it well um, let me let me uh, play this I want to play this ad Hal because uh, and now I'm sort of in a, an uncomfortable position because sure. I have to stick up for Bernie and I'm really not I know you disagree I'm, I'm I'm really not in the bag for either of these guys I want a healthy mm-hmm. debate but I right. am concerned about the type of debate I think that uh, Jimmy hits on something when he says that Hillary is attacking the way a Republican uh, attacks and may you know maybe that's a good thing Republicans can win elections but here was you know, well, let me play this ad. This was the ad from Bernie Sanders in which he was critical about taking money from Wall Street and then regulating them. There are two Democratic visions for regulating Wall Street. One says it's okay to take millions from big banks and then tell them what to do. My plan, break up the big banks, close the tax loopholes, and make them pay their fair share. Then we can expand healthcare to all and provide universal college education. Will they like me? No. Will they begin to play by the rules if I'm president? You better believe it. I'm Bernie Sanders, and I approve this message. Okay, now I think that was a, a, a pretty fair ad. He laid out what he, you know, what he believed, and he says that there's two uh-huh. Democratic visions: one for regulating Wall Street, one who says it's okay to take millions from the big banks. Now, if she wants to come back with a response. I have no problem with that. But what her response was is that, uh, Bernie Sanders, you are attacking Barack Obama because he, too, took money from Wall Street years ago. That seems to me to be an incredibly unfair attack. Maybe good politics, but is he really going against Barack Obama when he makes that 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 ad, that argument, Hal? Yeah, well, it mirrors attacks he'd made in the past about that. So I, I think it is a fair argument. I also think that in that particular ad, he he links two wholly unrelated things. Breaking up the big banks and closing loopholes isn't the way he's, his plan pays for health care and college. It's not. It's actually not the way he does it. There's another way uh, that they propose to do that, which actually requires the existence of certain financial mm-hmm. institutions. Well, he's saying, but he's saying, ta- but he's saying, when yeah. taking them on, that you have to take them yes. on. You have, you want to add a financial transaction tax on and Wall Street to pay his, for his right. uh, free college plan. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, the, uh, if you look on Hillary's website or any of her, you know, policy papers, and uh-huh. I've read everybody's. Yep. Um, she's presenting almost an identical system as far as policing the banks. She just doesn't call it for the automatic breaking up of them. It's after uh, it's essentially after a review of which ones are stable and managing their uh, their assets well. And so it's a it's not as firebrand and as exciting when you speak about it that way. But it's a little more legitimate as far as what capability a president has but that's not the argument but that's not the argument she's making and that's not the question i'm trying to press you on which is that you know if that's all she made that that would be fine but i think it kind of frankly reeks of desperation a bit when hillary claims that you know bernie wants to destroy the affordable care act he is attacking president obama in this ad those just seem like disingenuous uh, critiques to I, me i think it's a i think you're right about the the linkage between uh president obama and and that ad i think that 
that's that's meant to be provocative and pushy, and I think it's a mistake on her part. And I think from a messaging standpoint, she she has a tendency with the people around her to make similar mistakes that they made around uh, when they were going up against President Obama. I think they should take a totally different tack mm-hmm. on that regard. Um, and so I agree with you on that point. I don't think that that's a great way to uh, do it. I, I also think um, it's an exaggeration both on O'Malley and Sanders' part about that her ties to Wall Street somehow automatically deny her having any sense of autonomy. Like it makes you a robot is absurd. And it's a, it's a lot of how, it's a lot of yeah. money. Uh, Desi Doyle well, wants to get in. You on know, this. I think what the point about this is how effective would this attack be, or is this attack? for Democratic voters, likely Democratic voters, in the South Carolina primary. Is it going to to draw Democratic voters out when they hear Hillary Clinton say, you're attacking Barack Obama? Or will they say, nah, you know, that's an ineffective and inauthentic attack that they can see right through it, but maybe it works on independence. We've got well, to come a, out. We yeah, got just a, history, uh, yeah, there is. I think it's the independent angle that's uh, partly what she's doing there. Hang on, Hal. Let, let me yeah. let me. I want to get to one last point. We're quickly running out of time. We've got just a, another minute or two here, and I want to get to the yep. to the big electability issue. Bernie Sanders was asked about this uh, in the debate last night. You call yourself a democratic socialist, and throughout your career in politics, you've been critical of the Democratic Party. How will you win a general election labeling yourself a democratic socialist? Because what I believe and what I was just saying, the Democratic Party needs major reform. To those of you in South Carolina, you know what, in Mississippi, we need a 50-state strategy so that people in South Carolina and Mississippi can get the resources that they need. Instead of being dependent on super PACs, what we need is to be dependent on small individual campaign contributors. We need an agenda that speaks to the needs of working families and low-income people, not wealthy campaign contributors. We need to expand what the input into the Democratic Party. We have received more individual contributions than any candidate in the history of this country up to this point. Uh, Hal Sparks, uh, the question of uh, Bernie Sanders' electability. A lot of people think that, uh, oh, well, Hillary has just a much better chance of winning against the Republicans. And yet the polls show time and time again, we got another poll from NBC News uh, Wall Street Journal over the weekend showing that Sanders leads Trump nationally in a head-to-head contest, whereas Clinton uh, beats him. uh, Let's see. Sanders leads Trump by 15 points. Trump leads him Clinton leads Trump only by 10. In other words, in all of these polls, head-to-heads, Sander does better against the Republicans, and not just Trump, than Hillary Clinton. Isn't that a good argument for Sanders' electability, and in fact, that he's more electable than Hillary Clinton? I think you'll find that much like the last, uh, much like 2008, we're, we're back in the same position, whereas w- what it really amounts to is and why there's a tooth-and-nail aspect that will be fought for every last vote in this, in this primary is because whoever the Democrat is, they automatically will have a substantial lead on the Republican, period. Um, it will fluctuate at times depending on what people say, and obviously Hillary is dented by the Benghazi attacks. She's dented by um, the, you know, this, this email nonsense. Um, that is a running gag that has affected her national polls in a way that, Ignorance of Bernie doesn't really affect him either way. So they, if they, so, they, if Democrats want to win, I only got thirty seconds here, Hal. So if Democrats want to win, isn't Bernie a better choice according to the numbers? Right.
right. Uh, well, it depends uh, if that poll is indicative of, of the actual trend and over time. Both of them will win, no question. The question is, who will actually implement Democratic uh, and liberal policies and actually get them done, as opposed to, you know, which was the case with, you know, Barack Obama, kind of get shut down before they even get in there. They can't negotiate and we'll, we'll draw a line. Do you, do, you, do you hard line and lose in some ways? Or do you play ball and get through the agenda and move it forward, move the ball down the field? Well, I'm not. It's a, it's a decision. It's a real decision. It it is a real decision, and uh, I'm not quite as uh, confident in confident in your thought that uh, they both will win no matter what. Uh, but I I suspect that may have to be a conversation for another day, or as mm-hmm. they say on CNN. We'll have to leave it there we'll for now, Al there. Sparks. Uh, Al Sparks, uh, check out his work as ever. By the way, he's currently starring in Lab Rats on Disney XD. Uh, he is uh, also, you can find him on uh, on Saturdays in Chicago on WCPT uh, and at his website, HalSparks.com, the one and only Hal Sparks. Hal, really great to have you back. Hope, hope you'll come course. back again soon, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Cheers. Right. Thank you, brother. All right, my thanks as ever to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our booking goddess, Cynthia Cohn, and of course to both Hal Sparks and Jimmy Dore of JimmyDoreComedy.com. We'll be back with you, same Brad time, same Brad channel tomorrow. Until then, you can drop me email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. You can find me and follow me on the Twitters at TheBradBlog. And if you missed any portion of this show or any, you can always download them all for free at bradblog.com or at iTunes. All right, until next time, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.